0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Okay, so I guess there's nothing to worry about, but a person in Wyoming has now come down with the pneumonic plague and reportedly caught it from the pet cat. So, I know plague is nasty, it's got a nasty reputation, sure, it's part of the deadliest pandemic in record history, but the risk of plague in the U.S. is just low. I mean, there's only, according to this, 1 to 17 cases each year of the pneumonic plague. Now, the bacteria that caused the plague have a life cycle involving rodents and fleas, both acting as long-term reservoirs for the bacteria, and occasionally rodents or fleas will transmit the bacteria to other species. (laughs) Don't worry about it, though. Duh. I mean, look, the pathogen that caused the Black Death is a form of the bubonic plague, not the pneumonic plague. So that's only responsible for 75 to 200 million people <laughs> who died. But there's no evidence that the bacteria, you know, was around. Oh, wait. yes, yeah, there is evidence uh, of it being around for the uh, hunter-gatherers who died uh, 5,000 years ago. Right now, it's just around uh, a few states. Northern New Mexico, northern Arizona, southern Colorado, California, southern Oregon, far western end of Nevada, Just that area. But this particular pneumonic plague was in Wyoming. Weird. It's not one of those states that they listed. Anyway, uh, it is pretty contagious. (laughs) It could be spread person to person through droplets in the air. Or, you know, if untreated, the bubonic plague spreads to the lungs. So symptoms include fever, headache, and weakness. And it also causes rapidly developing pneumonia and shortness of breath... Chest pain, cough, sometimes bloody mucus, all is sounding familiar, really, to me, of what's going on around the world right now. All forms of this disease can prove deadly, although it can be treated with antibiotics if caught early. That does not sound like what's happening with the other virus we're dealing with in the world today. But again, don't worry about it. The risk to you is low. I don't even know know why I'm talking about the pneumonic or the bubonic plague. Just a few people die from it every year. I apologize. Welcome! Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So I'm taking a drink of water as the open plays and it's from a Members Mark purified water bottle. And I look at the label and I realize just how dumb they think you are. Or that I am, but the label says warning in all thick capital black letters, cup is a small part and possesses a choking hazard in all caps, thick black lettering, particularly for children. Duh, no kidding, but we live in a dumb society and because of that, they have to put this on the label. It is just incredible to me. Did you know also that it's an average, a national average of 20% of this bottle is officially recycled? Just letting you know. I mean, I I know that's what, you know, Walmart and Sam's Club and the world wants you to be aware of. But I just, it just kind of ticks me off that they... They believe that we're that dumb. And I know you're going to say, Jeff, it's not for us. It's for the people that are going to sue them because their kid choked on that stupid bottle cap and it didn't say anything on the label to warn them. Well, okay. You know what? I know you're right. I know you are. And absolutely, that's why it's there. But it doesn't change the fact that if you needed that to tell you that, dumb. And speaking of... Well, dumb. I Wednesday during Chewing the Fat on Pat Gray Unleashed, I talked about the new TikTok challenge. And I, I don't know if I mentioned it here on this show or not, but it talked about I talked about a couple of new challenges on TikTok. The Beaning Challenge <laughs> where uh, there are people are filming themselves, as says in the story, young people, because I'm guess guessing older people realize, hey, I can eat those beans. Why throw them on someone's car? But they're filming themselves beaning, and they are throwing baked beans on people's houses, cars, and driveways, and they are hashtagging the video Bean Bandits. And so they're now warning people to keep an eye out at the stores. Hey, keep an eye out for those people buying unusually large amounts of baked beans. <laughs> this is just so stupid. Dumb! I think that's the that's the flavor of this segment now, is just Dumb. And uh, then I went on to talk about the other TikTok challenge that talked about how uh, they are vandalizing bathrooms in schools. This is another TikTok challenge that they're doing. And it's, uh, you know, hashtag devious licks, which I know is slang for theft, but they're not really. Stealing anything, they're actually just destroying these bathrooms in schools and doing hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars worth of damage. Now, there was an email sent to me from Stephanie who talked about her school and what was happening with her school, and I talked about that on the show, and it talked about uh how the middle school had uh, had way too many messes in their bathrooms, so now the teachers stand outside the bathrooms during class changes, and that the teachers lock the bathroom doors before heading back to class. Now, i come to find out that since I talked about that particular school, uh, the principal got a bunch of backlash and has now decided, you know, we're probably going to leave the bathrooms open now so that people could use them. But I still say, if you're going to do that kind of damage to bathrooms, I mean, there should be some security there, no question. Uh, At least put uh, cameras on the doors going in and out so we know who went in and out of those restrooms. I realize you can't have the cameras in the restroom. I got it. But you can certainly have a camera knowing who entered and who came out and what time the damage was done, that kind of thing because that's that's just destruction of property and insane but it is a new tiktok challenge so something to look forward to devious licks oh and just a message for stephanie seriously you do look amazing today now the rest of you listening on this day live the 23rd of september 2021 you look great too i mean that don't don't let anybody tell you that you don't look great You decided to wear that today, not me, and, you know, it looks great on you. But I just wanted to let you know that uh, you all, you all, especially you, Stephanie, look great. So at one point, Sears had, I think, over 3,000 stores in the United States of America, And I see a headline that talks about Sears shuts the doors of its last department store in Illinois. Wow. So they opened up in Illinois in 1925, but a department store in Woodfield Mall in Schomburg, a Chicago suburb, is going to close on November 14th. So it's not closed yet, but it will be closed come November 14th. Transformco which acquired Sears Holdings after the company filed for bankruptcy in 2018, confirms that it plans to redevelop the property. <laughs> Do ya? Oh, yes, we intend to reinvigorate it, maximize the value of the real estate, while enhancing the consumer experience with popular retailers that fit the regional draw of Woodfield Mall. What would that be, Scott? President of real estate for Transform Co. Well, we believe that uh, we have a strategy to unlock the value of the real estate and pursue the highest and best use for the benefit of the local community. Yeah, you, Larry, uh, Larry, the public relations director, that's saying the same thing as the president said, really. <laughs> uh, but they're still going to have a, a presence in Illinois, so they're not close. They're closing the department stores, but apparently they're going to open these hometown stores. And I guess there's 11 of those already operating in smaller towns by independent dealers and franchisees of transform co. Now those stores are like six to 8,000 square feet. Remember, I mean, Sears stores were, you know, a hundred thousand plus upstairs, down store there downstairs, uh, you know, they sell, uh, these stores sell mainly hard goods and appliances. So you're not buying, you're not buying husky jeans and fat guy dresses, mumus by Jeffy at the Sears anymore, which is, you know, a little disappointing! Right now, there are currently 300 Sears and Kmart stores still open in the U.S. Boy, I haven't seen a Kmart in a long time. The last Kmart store I saw, we lived when we were living in Pennsylvania. We there was a an area in the in the I think it was Levittown. I think it was Levittown. I'm not sure what city specifically it was in, but it was in. Uh, the Levittown area of Pennsylvania. And there was a big Sam's Club and a big Kmart in this, you know, main parking lot area. And and we went in there frequently because it was like, oh, I'll go into a Kmart. And it was, you know, guess what? It was a Kmart. Now, right now, I mean, they had 700 still in 2018. So, I mean, they've cut that down in half. And the pandemic, of course, didn't really help (laughs) now that Sears has been open since 1925 and hasn't even been open in Chicago for two or three years. And I mean, all of these companies, Neiman Marcus, JC Penny are all hitting bankruptcy. And they're talking about, um, one of the experts was talking about how these big companies, specifically department stores like this are fine going through one bankruptcy. But if they go through two, that really means if they hit a second bankruptcy, they're like, Ooh, that probably means uh, liquidation. Yeah, it's over. If you can't survive that one bankruptcy and come back out of it, then, uh, you're going to have to liquidate. So that's kind of sad, actually. I mean, these companies were big companies, but the world is changing. And so, I mean, Amazon has done amazing, uh, against these businesses and really these businesses, uh, you know, had didn't adjust to the online world before it was too late, but you can still, you know, shop at these stores and use their websites and they're coming around. So, I mean, if they have to, you know, what was the, what was the line from uh, Scott Carr, the president of real estate for transform co uh, we intend to reinvigorate and maximize the value of the real estate while enhancing the consumer experience with popular retailers that fit the regional draw of Woodfield Mall and other properties. Well, you know, Scott, maybe you could, I don't know, open up your building for Amazon to use it as a distribution center because that seems to be maximizing the value of that real estate these days. I'll tell you that. (laughs) All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately and not out of a water bottle that could choke me with that cap. Drink my Coca Cola Zero in the red can that isn't as refreshing. Well, the world's going down, man. <sighs> Just cold and good, but not as refreshing. All right, well, as long as we're in the break room, let me remind you to follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR, Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio, YouTube, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Be sure to subscribe to this show. If you're listening and you're not a subscriber, what are you doing with your life? Subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. You can subscribe on any platform that warms the little innards of your heart. Even the one that you're listening to on now that you're sneaking a listen on, you could go, oh, I'll just subscribe there. Only use, you know, your phone or laptop to subscribe. Don't keep sneaking your friends. Okay. And, uh, and remember once you're a subscriber, you have to follow. There's a couple of, couple of rules that you have to follow as a subscriber to chewing the fat. One is, you have to rate and review it if your platform allows it. And you've got to review it 20 stars, best podcast ever. Then you're done. You can move on with your life. You don't have to put anything special. You don't have to try to come up with anything witty. Nothing like that. It's just 20 stars, best podcast ever, and move on with your life. That helps other people find the show. And if you're out somewhere and you have your headphones in your ears or wherever you wear your headphones, and someone says, hey, what do you listen to? Why are your headphones there instead of in your ears? You could say, well, that's how I listen to my shows. And you could say, I'm listening to Chewing the Fat. I don't care what you're listening to. I mean, obviously, you're going to listen to other stuff. There's plenty of other great programming out there on top of this particular show. So you're going to be listening to other things. But no matter what you're listening to, when asked what you're listening to, the answer is, chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher those are just the rules of subscribing to the podcast that's just the way it goes hey congratulations to Phelan Mcclear I tried to get a hold of him I couldn't get a hold of him for this show try to reach out and talk to him a little bit they have the actor now that is going to play Hunter Biden in my son Hunter uh Lawrence Fox the actor from uh the United Kingdom you may or may not know him I mean you see some of his work he's uh, been in a few things but uh this is the kind of guy I think we needed uh, to play Hunter so that uh, it's not someone that is going to feel that they have to portray Hunter in any other way than the way he should be played. And I'm excited. and I'm excited to talk to Phelan MacLear about this, My Son Hunter. They've got the actor Lawrence Fox that's going to play. And, of course, we know that Robert Davai is going to be the director. She's going to be great. And I'm really looking forward to it. You can help get this movie made. If you want to donate, go to mysonhuntermovie.com and donate as much as you can to help get this movie made. So, congratulations. I'm hoping to talk to Phelan uh, here in a little bit. Maybe we'll even talk to Lawrence and maybe Robert Davai on the show too. Love to be able to talk to them about their vision for My Son Hunter. I know what my vision is, (laughs) and I've pointed a few of those visions out. Maybe they'll make it. To the movie would be great. I see where uh, Daniel Craig. Remember when we talked about uh, the new James Bond possibly being a woman? And I thought, okay, I mean, in today's world, we're trying to turn different roles around and upside down and up, you know, upside down and inside out, and we take you know new directions for different roles that have been kind of set in stone. And I thought well, it might work in today's world as a you know a Jamie Bond. a claudia bond uh my god you're giving those female names how dare you appropriate female names i know i know but and i kind of like the idea i mean who would play the female james bond there's a few females out there that may be able to pull it off you know who might pull it off actually in today's world would be kate beckinsale right she could be the new female james bond Just throwing it out there, Hollywood. But Daniel Craig says, ooh, no, a woman should not be given the James Bond role. Wait, what? Yeah, I, you know, his new movie, of course, he's out promoting the new James Bond, No Time to Die, and that's coming up, uh, I don't know, in a couple of weeks when it hits the theaters here in the U.S., and he was asked about if a female should play James Bond and his comment was uh ooh yeah uh how about to uh, now he covered his butt by saying that uh oh of course i mean really women should be offered roles of this caliber sure i mean women uh you know should be getting these better parts uh, absolutely but they and then women of act, and actors of color, yes, should absolutely be offered better roles and roles of this caliber. But a woman playing James Bond? Yeah, no. A woman should not be playing James Bond. Oh, okay. I don't know who would play, you know, maybe the James Bond role. I love the idea of uh, Beckinsale or another female that could pull it off as James Bond rather than trying to, uh, I mean, Idris Elba would have been a great choice. I don't know that he's going to do it. I don't know that they offered it to him. I mean, he would be a great choice to be the new James Bond. But like Tom Hardy and Tom Hiddleston, I mean, I love those guys. But as James Bond, no. They've already they've already set their kind of characters in, in order. And I don't know. I don't see them as James Bond. Idris could pull it off. And so could Kate Beckinsale as the female uh, James Bond. But, uh, I mean, they absolutely, those females, as... <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Craig. Yeah, of course. I mean, they should be given, you know, roles of this caliber, but not this role. No, sorry, baby. I like you, and, you know, everything, but no, uh, can't have that. Uh, I, I you know, what? I, the many saints of Newark coming out, cannot wait to see it. I'm excited. Uh, I, I really am. I'm really excited. And I see that some of the reviewers have seen episodes now which I'm pissed I want why, why are they not sending a copy of Many Saints of Newark to Jeff Fisher and Chewing the Fat I've been one of the biggest proponents of this film from the beginning do I get to see a preview no but I'm reading a review and the thing that maybe because I was really mad at them and I'm still mad at them for every promo saying Antonio Soprano in it his name is Anthony Soprano it's not Antonio, and I can't let it go. Okay, it drives me insane when I hear the promo. Every time I just want to throw something, I feel like I want to be Elvis and just shoot a bullet into my television screen because I hate it. It's not Antonio Soprano. It was. It's Anthony. He was Anthony Soprano for the Sopranos. I mean, it's been 14 years since the Sopranos aired on HBO okay and uh, you know i love it i go back there's there are like two or three episodes that i really really like i mean like if if it was on and i could sit down and watch any episode it wouldn't matter but if i'm choosing if i sit down and i don't have anything to watch which is rare these days because there's some great content out there on all of these streaming platforms but if i sit down and i need a fill show for you know something i just want to sit down and you know not think for a little bit but i don't necessarily want to get involved in something i just want a fill show uh and the sopranos would be one i've seen you know oh let's watch that episode i haven't seen that episode in a while i've seen it a hundred times and i could sit through and there's a couple you know there's two or three that i could do that for with the sopranos but it was anthony soprano i know I mean, we love Michael, the son of James Gandolfini. He's playing, he's playing the young Tony Soprano in the movie. The reviews have all been really good. Uh, it's been, well, the, this review talked about how the ending was, uh, It well, his review, no matter the nitpicks, you can sleep well knowing that many saints of Newark does not end with the song Don't Stop Believin', which is how the Sopranos series ended. Oh, I know. Spoiler alert. Sorry. But if we don't find out why it was Anthony, because this is pre-Sopranos, right? It's supposed to be a prequel to the Sopranos. why Why it's Anthony in the series and Antonio here, or if they just miss the point and continue with Antonio through this movie, I'm going to be very angry. Somebody from the Soprano movie better call me. Okay, you better call Chewing the Fat and set this thing straight. You can call, leave a message on my fat line 214-735-9356 or you can direct message me on any of the social media platforms but somebody's going to have to answer for Antonio if it is not directly addressed in the film. That's just the way it's going to be. And I see speaking of HBO where uh, The Wire creator which was another great series on HBO The Wire, David Simon uh, he's going to refuse to film any HBO series uh, in Texas over the new abortion law. Oh no David no Uh, we can't. We'll be bummed oh well go ahead I mean of course we want the business and it's great to be filming things here but if you seriously are going to boycott Texas because of the abortion law we'll talk to you later have a nice day I'm not going to ask female and cast and crew members to give up their civil liberties to film in the state give up their civil liberties so you won't you don't want people to come here and make a movie because the woman can't get an abortion if she needs it. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, okay, Dave, take care. We, you know, you, you take care of yourself. And I see, uh, you know, I know, uh, Apple is having an issue with Texas as well. Okay. No problem. You know what? Take care. In fact, Take your business elsewhere. I know you're all worth a lot of money, and we all need the jobs, and it's important. But if you have to, if you think that not being able to get an abortion after six weeks in the state of Texas, you can go someplace else. <laughs> Just a thought. Uh, you, it's possible that you could travel somewhere else, but not here in Texas. If that's against your civil liberties, then good riddance. Have a nice day. Take care. I was reading, I didn't want to get on the abortion thing, but it drives me insane. I see where Megan Rapinoe and her, she's got female athletes that are blasting the Mississippi abortion law and the Texas abortion law. And they're asking the Supreme court to strike down the Mississippi law that bans abortions after 15 weeks in most circumstances. We can't have we can't have that. I mean there's still circumstances where you could still kill a baby. <laughs> Just not, you know, you have to go through a few extra hoops after 15 weeks. But one story in this story about this is this Chrissy Perham, the captain of the 1992 Olympic swim team and the Olympic gold medalist swimmer, said that Uh, well, I had an abortion in college while on birth control. When I was in college, I was on birth control, but I accidentally became pregnant. Okay, can we stop there for a second? There's no accidentally becoming pregnant. Sorry, you were doing what causes pregnancy. Now, of course, you were already thought you were taking precautions, but it isn't always 100%. And you decided to take the chance. To do what causes pregnancy because it felt good at the time, right? Right. Well, I was on scholarship, and I was just starting to succeed in my sport. And I didn't want to take that year off. (laughs) I didn't want that kid to, you know, start dragging me down. I had stuff I wanted to do, so I killed it. And I wasn't ready to to be a mom. I I was having a, look, an abortion felt like I was given a second chance at life. And I was able to take control of my future and refocus my priorities. <sighs> okay. And I, you know, she's a mob now and she's got other kids, but it just, it drives me insane that you, the hate, the hate of having a child is just incredible to me. Just incredible. The idea of having an abortion that you need for health reasons, or if it comes down to uh, either the mom's life or the baby's life, you take the mom's life. I I understand that. And I'll even, I will even give you the rape argument, which is the, you know, very low percentage of that happening. But I'll even give you that. Uh, I can understand, I can wrap my head around that. A lot of anti-abortion people can't even wrap their heads around that. They say no to it all but I'll even give you the rape thing, but the excitement and the need to be able to kill a baby because you have decided that you did everything you wanted to do up to that point. I am not going to stop doing what I want to do. Uh, Even though it's another life, I'm still going to do what I want to do. And if that means killing that baby, then so be it. Uh, You know, I don't care. It's just, I, I... Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So back in the old days, there used to be a time where you'd get some gas from a gas station that didn't look like it was a reputable gas station. And sometimes you'd be going down the road and you might stutter and grumble and you think, ah, I knew it. They had a little water in their gas and you know, you don't get that very often anymore, but, uh, water in the gas can be, uh, you know, bad news for vehicles. And I was talking to my nephew who lives in Orlando and he went to a gas station and filled up his car. He's got an Audi that takes diesel And he filled it up and then he pulled out of the gas station parking lot and the car just completely stopped. And it's found out that there was water in the gas. And when they tested the water the next day, it was almost 99% water. And so, I mean, they're obviously now paying, the insurance is paying for everything for the the fix of the car—it's about thirteen thousand dollars worth of damage—and he's got to go through the hassle and get a rent a car and all of this. And they've got to flush everything. It's a—you know—it's turned into a, a nightmare. But he would it ended badly for the gas station, really, because of the people working there. Here's a good thought to train some of your employees. So he goes up, goes back to the gas station, which was then. You know, he couldn't get into the inside of the convenience store. He had to talk to them through a window and said, hey, could you give me, you know, the manager's number? I just got some gas. I think there was something wrong with the gas because my car is completely shut down now. And you could see it. I mean, he had only pulled up to the street corner outside of the gas station. And the guy was like, yeah, he's not going to do anything for you. I got no number for you. And treated him, you know, like crap, and then gave him ended up giving him a phone number after they argued for a while about getting the phone number gave him a phone number that of course, goes to voicemail, and you know he doesn't get an answer, so then my nephew contacted uh the state inspectors in the in Florida. And they came and tested it, and there was a big problem. So the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, which is, you know, they oversee the fuel quality. I mean, that's their number on the gas tanks, uh, the fuel pumps. And so they got it right away. And they told him that they were happy that they, you know, the reason they came so fast was because they usually get a complaint that from people that are two or three weeks away. And they can't, you know, it takes a while to, you know, if you're not there testing it immediately, then it's been fixed or the problem has been covered up. Well, this was right then. And by the time they got there, apparently, I don't know that I'm talking out of school, but it was, you know, they were trying to cover it up when the authorities showed up. No, never mind. That's just allegedly. I don't know that that's actually news. And uh, and so they caught them. You know, they obviously shut down the the tanks. And there's some other issues going on with this uh, particular particular gas station. So anyway, my point is is that when you fill up and you have a problem, make sure you get a hold of the authorities right away, because <laughs> it might not be your fault. (laughs) But I mean, it really sucks for him, man. And it sucks for you if you had your car. How mad would you be? Fill up with gas and then pull out of the gas station and it just stops? Just sputters, grumbles and stops and won't start? Yeah, that's because the gas was 99% water. As long as we're on crime, I see where custom officials have seized 86 counterfeit championship sports rings. Now they claim that it would have been worth $2.38 million. Yeah. Had they been genuine? Yeah. Well, they weren't genuine. So maybe you're getting a few hundred thousand for them. Uh, street value is uh, a lot less. I know that they tied it into another seized counterfeit ring shipment that had 661 rings that said that uh, those would have been 803,000, really? So these 600 of them would have been 803,000, but these 86 would have been worth 2.38 million. Okay, man, you want talk about inflation? No kidding. But anyway, they busted it at the uh, Chicago port of entry from China. Huh the 34 fake New York Yankees baseball championship rings, 24 Chicago Bulls NBA rings, also 22 counterfeit rings of Major League Baseball, St. Louis Cardinals, and six for the NFL's Philadelphia Eagles. Now, according to this, they were headed to Florissant, Missouri, or Florissa, however they pronounce it, F-L-O-R-I-S-S-A-N-T, Missouri. Have we not seen other drugs and other illegal shipments with addressed to that city in Missouri. Is that like the drug receiving city of America, Florissant, Missouri? It must be. I mean, I, I know, I know we've done stories where they've had shipping containers and shipments of illegal drugs and merchandise that were addressed to go to this place in Missouri. just, Incredible! I don't know what it is about of Florissant, Missouri, but it's a criminal hub. And I, I, I ten, you know what? I'm beginning to like that city <laughs> in Missouri. I'm not sure why that is. What is it? The, is it a special city? We got to see. Hold on. Okay, so it's just outside of St. Louis, suburb of St. Louis, Missouri. So it's a big, you know, big metroplex area city. And I typed in uh, Florissant, Missouri, illegal shipments, and that just that, Fed seized uh, 1.2 million worth of Viagra along with Miracle Honey. Yes, that was February of this year. I knew there was something that we had talked about—the Miracle Honey and the Viagra on its way, bound for Florissant. Then, there, then if you go down the list, delivery and distribution of a controlled substance, report narcotics violation. Uh, St. Louis man, large scale of fentanyl. It was the Viagra shipment that I was thinking of. I knew that we had just done a story not long ago. Because that was where that went through the port of Cincinnati. Yes, I couldn't believe and I was we were I was I was fascinated by how many different ports we have here in America and the shipping routes that these companies take to ship their goods through the US and deliver them at these ports. And the Cincinnati port is a big Shipping delivery port for illegal substances. And I'm guessing that that's true with any port. I don't want to just beat up on Cincinnati, okay? <laughs> Sorry. All right, so then I get back to the sports rings, which leads me into Peyton and Eli on Monday night. Did you have you watched any of that at all with uh, them announcing the football in the Monday night game? I guess it's on ESPN too. I didn't realize they were doing the whole game and there's a separate regular monday night broadcast and that's espn 2's broadcast with peyton and eli and it's kind of like the uh mystery science theater they're just off to the side and they're on and i i love the idea of it we've done that here on the blaze for a number of broadcasts it's a good idea it's fun but it's uh and it's enjoyable and i love their knowledge of the game and you know they're the stories that they have they've both played you know NFL football for many years and were stars and know the ins and outs and know a lot of the players and know what to look for. And I love all that, but it is a little much. Uh, I don't know. There's got, there's going to be, once they find that happy medium between bringing in guests and talking about the game and telling stories and still sitting back and watching the game without any of those stories being told when they find that happy medium, that's going to be the, the way of the future. I don't think we need any actual, you know, play-by-play guy. Uh, we all, you know, you're watching the game. You know the game. I mean, I rarely listen to the announcers anyway. Uh, they, I mean, I I I love watching the game, but I don't need the announcers telling me what's going on. Sorry, I just don't. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't do much for me. I can announce my own games and have now. I listen to the announcers and listen to the color commentators, and you know, I, if a penalty happens and I want to listen to the, I listen to the referees. I want to hear the, what how they are explaining what they called on the field. But for the most part, I don't need the announcers to tell me what's going on, which is you know I can figure it out for myself, but I loved the process of what they're doing over there on ESPN two for Monday night football is just a little much because there are times when I'm actually watching for the game. (laughs) So I don't need to have stories going on when the game is going on, let the game unfold. But I do love the stories and the inside knowledge of what they're looking at during the game. It's just, There's got to be a a happy medium. And if you need help, ESPN or ESPN2, you can always call me. I'm here for you. As of this broadcast, the time of this recording on uh, September 23rd, 2021 the boyfriend Brian Landry of Gabby Batito has not been found he's still on the run and according to them they believe he's in this nature preserve uh, i don't know that he's in that nature preserve i think that's a ruse i think he's uh that's a we send him over there and he's somewhere else but it's possible that he's still out there but he is still a person of interest in the uh, homicide of Gabby and uh, you know everyone believes that he's actually the murderer probably is But he's on the run and they haven't found him. I know that we have uh, reports now that uh, they were together on the 27th at a restaurant in Jackson, Wyoming. The manager said they came in and were, you know, laughing and joking just like a couple would. They arrived on foot without their van. And uh, that was the last time I guess someone has, you know, seen them was the 27th of August. And then, you know, the boyfriend, you know, shows up back in Florida with the van without her. So we'll see what happens with that case. That's a weird and fascinating and sad story all in one. And uh, I hope that, uh, I hope at least the guilty person is found and Gabby can rest in peace. So the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, has urged representatives of the major U.S. airlines to come up with ways they can do more to help stop the surge of reported unruly passenger incidents and asked them to lay out those plans in a matter of days. They want to get this industry together and calm this down. Well, maybe there's a few things that they should address, and I can't wait to hear and read what the airlines come up with to curb these unruly passenger incidents. It's going to be great. For you, the flyer, (laughs) it's going to be wonderful. And good news, uh, speaking of the airlines, uh, United Airlines has said more than 97% of its U.S. employees are vaccinated. Oh, that's good. Now, sure, they've instituted a mandate. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they only have 67,000 Of its U.S. workers, you know, and they've announced that, hey, you've got to be vaccinated before you start flying. That's just part of the deal. I know that uh, some employees have sued United and American over the mandates, calling them uh, draconian measures. So we'll see. I know United employees uh, that uh, who claim religious exemptions were placed on unpaid medical leave. Isn't that nice? Sure, you can tell us that you have a religious exemption to these vaccines, but we're going to go ahead and lay you off and you're not going to get paid. <laughs> we're just going to count it as unpaid medical leave. Okay? All right. So they've got, I mean, that's that's an impossible choice for employees because there is no choice, right? You either get the vaccine and work or you don't get the vaccine and you don't work. And, you know, so you have families. <laughs> so we don't care. Tough. Uh, you work for us. And you do what we say, or you don't work at all. Weird how that happens. And then, and then uh, a problem that the government has actually created, uh, you know, by bringing the airlines and bailing them out and giving us too few options as it is uh, the Justice Department has now sued. United Airlines and JetBlue. I'm sorry, JetBlue and American Airlines. Not United. Sorry, United. This one isn't on you. Although, we'll go ahead and take a look. They apparently, according to the Justice Department, created the Northeast Alliance that operates out of four major airports in Boston and New York City. And they say the two companies committed to trading information on which routes to fly and when to fly them, who would fly them, and what size planes to use for each flight. Well, the department cannot allow American airlines to further consolidate the airline industry where competition is already in a critical shortage. Yeah, that critical shortage was brought on because of you. If you would have let them fail, well, then other airlines would have come along. Right? Ah, uh, right. So, look, we know that they, you know, Delta, United, and Southwest control 80% of domestic air travel. Wow, that's a lot. JetBlue had challenged American Airlines at Northeast Airport. So they just worked out a deal. And look, the airlines have been screwing us for a long time. They overbook, they cut down flights and they filled up planes so it made it more difficult for you and i can't believe that people are getting grumpier on the planes because they have to wait longer to catch a flight they may miss a flight on purpose because they're overbooked on the other end so these people are going to miss their connecting flights it's a maddening process and i don't you know i don't pretend to well you know what i do pretend to know how to fix it and if they need help Call me because I'm here for you. I'll help you out. No problem, airlines. We'll take care of it. I can fix your problem. No, really, I can. (laughs) You know, speaking of mandates, though, I see, and and vaccines, boosters, uh, I know the World Health Organization had urged the U.S. and others to hold off on boosters for now, but the FDA approved a third Pfizer dose for people 65 and older and those who are at high risk. So that's good news, right? Uh, Moderna released data suggesting that immunity conferred by its COVID-19 vaccine decreases over time. Wait, what? Yeah, uh, but a third booster, uh, booster, that will boost that up. That's why we're supporting that. Oh, okay. Well, that's great, and uh, so Pfizer is—they've uh, already got the go-ahead. Yes, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and authorize that. Oh, well, that's special. We saw the news now where they're saying that natural immunity is stronger than the vaccinated immunity. Wait, what? Yeah, that's that's just silly. I mean, we're, we're sure people have been saying that all along, but you know, studies are now starting to. Show that that's actually true. Huh. Weird. And just in time for Christmas, you too can have the brand new variant. Yes, the Delta variant is so last year and it's waning in strength right now, but we've got a new variant, the R1 COVID 19 variant. Well, it's R period one, but I don't know if they say R dot one or if it's just R1. But It is in Kentucky. The variant originated in Japan and contains dangerous mutations that can improve transmission, replication, and immune suppression. I'll add special. There's already more than 10,000 entries of the R.1 variant in a database used by researchers to track the genomic material. Infectious disease, Dr. William Haslin has said. So the variant shares the highly infectious. D614G mutation that is present in other variants, fueling new surges of the coronavirus. So, yay! Yay! Just in time for the fall shopping season. <music>